0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are previewing week three of the NFL season. This is our all encompassing week three preview that we call buy or sell here at Mike's Money Picks. Basically, this episode is going to cover guys who I think are either going to overperform their expectations and they are on my buy list or underperform expectations and they are going to be on my sell list. Guys who are on the buy list, I want starting in my season long fantasy lineups, I want to play them in DFS and I want to hit the overs in the player prop market. Guys who are on the sell list, I want want them out of my season long fantasy lineups, if at all possible. I want them not in my DFS lineups and I do not want to pick the overs. I want to pick the unders for them in player props. So we've got you covered no matter what action you were getting into here for week three of this NFL season. This is not a true start sit episode because I don't know what the rest of your roster looks like. So I'm not going to tell you to start a guy when you've got a better guy sitting on your bench. And also this is not a like trade target or rest of the season episode either. This is for week three of the NFL season. I know that we're coming at you a little bit late this week, Um, you know, missed the Thursday night game, which is, you know, blessing and a curse because I did, you know, get some guys right in the Thursday night game. I also got some guys wrong in Thursday night game. If I was able to record this before Thursday night, I was going to tell you to buy Debo Samuel. I was also going to tell you to buy Darren Waller. So a little bit 50-50 there. I don't bat a thousand, but I do have numbers to back it all up. So either way, Got this episode coming to you here on a Friday so that way you can get all of your lineups squared away, all your bets, props, picks, DFS lineups, everything squared away by Sunday. So let's go ahead and dive into buy or sell with the quarterback position. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so the first quarterback that is going to be on the buy list for week three is going to be Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. And look, heading into the 2023 season, we did not exactly know what Lamar Jackson's usage was going to look like. You know, coming off of very injury-prone 2022 and 21 seasons and with a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin, we didn't really know exactly what to expect from Lamar in this new look Ravens offense. Well, week two was like perfect usage for Lamar Jackson. He attempted 33 passes. He had 12 rushing attempts as well did not find a touchdown on the ground, and still put up 23 fantasy points. That's pretty much what we want when we're looking at Lamar, because then if he gets you that rushing touchdown, then all of a sudden, boom, you're at about 30 fantasy points. Now, he's also only accounted for two touchdowns so far this season, so I think Lamar is due for some big-time regression against an Indianapolis defense that has not exactly been stout. They've allowed 18 fancy points or more to both quarterbacks they've played this season. If you're playing DFS and you opt to play Lamar Jackson, I think he's going to be slightly under-owned, which is why I really like him in DFS formats. He's also really easy to stack with his teammates, Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. It's a very affordable stack. It's a very high upside stack as well with this Baltimore Ravens offense. Now, the second quarter, that is on the buy list. I'm actually going to kind of lump two guys together, and it's going to be Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins. If you did not know, this Vikings-Chargers game has the highest total in Vegas of any game that has been played so far this season, and it might hold that title for a while with a whopping 55 total. That's like a total that you see a Pac-12 or a Big 12 game on Saturdays as opposed to an NFL game. But look, you've got two quarterbacks who are going to attempt a lot of passes against very mediocre defenses, so it absolutely makes sense. Justin Herbert, he's got new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who appears to be letting him air it out a little bit more and air it downfield a little bit more, which is what we want for fantasy purposes. Herbert's attempted at least 33 passes in both games so far. Minnesota just gave up 26 fantasy points to Jalen Hurts. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, you know, two of those were cheap rushing touchdowns. Well, yeah, but if he threw them anyway, that only be four fantasy points less, it'd still be 22. Minnesota also runs almost exclusively zone coverage, um, making them kind of an easy defense to prepare for. And Kellen Moore, the Chargers' offensive coordinator, when he was in Dallas last season, dropped 40 points on this Minnesota defense, primarily feeding the ball to their slot receiver, CeeDee Lamb. So it could be news, good news for Keenan Allen. It could also be a good week for Mike Williams, given that Mike Williams actually had more expected fantasy points last week than Keenan Allen. He had some very lucrative targets. He just didn't get lucky with touchdowns and had a few pass interference calls. So Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both very viable stacking partners for Justin Herbert if you're playing DFS. And I like Justin Herbert in his own right. I also like the other side of this game, Kirk Cousins. So Cousins is actually quarterback one through two weeks of the fantasy football season. Who would have thought? I didn't, that's for sure. Now, obviously, Kirk's been, over the course of his Vikings career, he's been a high upside guy. He's also been a guy that is going to have his weeks, and this looks like it could be another week. Kirk tends to do his best work in shootouts, which this game is sure to be with that total at 55. And Kirk has also seen a lot of volume. This team has no run game right now, so Kirk's attempted 44 passes in both games so far. I I really like both sides of this game. If you're playing DFS, I would be trying to get either one of the quarterbacks or some of the other parts of this game, whether it be the running backs or the receivers into my DFS lineups. If you're playing Kirk, he's got a very obvious stacking partner in Justin Jefferson. I also don't mind KJ Osborne, whose usage has been deceptively good so far and TJ Hawkinson, who has been the number one tight end in fantasy football through two weeks. Now the, Fourth quarterback that is going to end up on my buy list. And I would classify this more as an if you're desperate pick, because you could probably get this guy on the waiver wire in your season long fantasy leagues, and he's a super cheap option in DFS, and that is CJ Stroud. Look, this Texans offense, they seem content to just throw it all over the yard like they're Texas Tech. He's got 44 attempts or more in both games so far, and he's averaging over 300 yards a game. That's really solid numbers for a rookie that, you know, is playing his first two NFL games, and one of them was against a pretty good defense in Baltimore. Baltimore. Now, Jacksonville has also surrendered 20-plus fantasy points to both quarterbacks they've played so far, Anthony Richardson and Patrick Mahomes. So I think C.J. Stroud can keep that train going and end up with more than 20 fantasy points, which makes him a really solid streaming option in season-long fantasy. Um, It makes him a really high upside option in DFS. Now, for the sell list at the quarterback position, I've got three of them this week. The first one is going to be Trevor Lawrence. Look, I love Trevor Lawrence for season long fantasy. I think he's got a bright season ahead of him. He's been pretty good so far, you know, in terms of a real life perspective, but he hasn't been great in a fantasy perspective. He's only averaging 14 and a half fantasy points per game, hasn't topped 250 yards yet. And He's not great against the Houston Texans. For whatever reason, Lawrence only averages 13 fantasy points per game against the Houston Texans in his career, which, you know, maybe it's an anomaly, but maybe it's not. Maybe there's something there. I think Jacksonville, you know, this could turn into a blowout. And if they end up going up early and just grinding the clock for a half, that does not bode well for Trevor Lawrence's fantasy numbers. So Trevor Lawrence is on the sell list for me this week. I will catch up back with him another week. Dak Prescott is the second one on my sell list. Now I know this is like back-to-back weeks for Dak on the sell list, but look, I just am not a believer in what we're looking at for Dak Prescott from a fantasy perspective. So the volume just hasn't really been there. He only attempted 24 passes against the Giants. He attempted a little bit more against the Jets, and it's really because they dominated time of possession in that game. The Jets had a lot of quick three and outs, were not able to run the ball, were not able to throw the ball for that matter. And I just don't think that this sets up as a good game for Dak from a fantasy perspective. Arizona's probably the worst team in the league, and I think expect Dallas to win this one in a blowout, and I don't think Dak is gonna be needed to throw the ball that much. This Arizona defense is so bad. Could Dak throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against them? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to need him to do that? No, no, I do not. So for that reason, Dak Prescott is going to end up on the sell list for me this week. And season long, I would be looking to start somebody else if you have a better option. Jordan Love is the last quarterback that is on the sell list. And look, Jordan Love's been off to a great start, averaging over or almost 22 fantasy points per game. But look, it's been 100% touchdown dependent. He's thrown for three touchdowns in both games. Hasn't topped 250 yards in either game. And the Saints passing defense is legit. If you watch the Monday night game, the Panthers had nowhere to throw to. Now, that is... Partly the Panthers' fault because they have no dynamic playmakers and a rookie quarterback and a mediocre offensive line. More on them later. But I think the Saints' passing defense is legit. And I think that if the touchdowns dry up for Jordan Love, you're looking at a not super sustainable fantasy option long term. So could he be a guy that we go to in certain weeks? Yes, absolutely. But I don't think it is this week against the New Orleans Saints. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. If you want to know who ends up making my DFS lineups, or if you want like to just straight up ask me, hey, this guy or that guy, like start, sit for season-long fantasy leagues, there's a whole lot of places you can find me. First off, you can follow me on x at Mike's Money Picks. I'll gladly answer any start, sit questions on there. If any injury news or trades come out that affect my opinions of players greatly, I usually tweet them out or x them out, I guess, now. I'm also in the Fantasy Corner Discord where we, you know, Pretty much prioritize DFS, but we talk DFS for golf, college football, and NFL. Got a lot of sharp players in there. Link is in the description. Um, I'll gladly chop it up in there with you. Uh, And also, I do write full articles on Patreon for every golf, college football, and NFL slate, but I don't write for free. It's $3 a month, but you can get my full write up on who makes my DFS lineups, where I think the ownership's going to go, situations to target, and strategies that you can use to be profitable in DFS. Also, since this is an all-encompassing episode, if you're looking to sign up for a new DFS player prop or sportsbook site, head on over to my page at signupexpert.com slash mikespicks. We are partnered with Signup Expert, and they give you the best offers and promo codes for new users on pretty much any site. So if you're looking to try something new this week, um, go through Sign Up Expert. You'll get the best offer. It'll also show me some support as well from using my links, um, which helps me out also. So with that being said, let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about the running backs. Let's go ahead and talk some running backs. So the first running back that is going to be on my buy list is Tony Poward of the Dallas Cowboys. Look, the only concern people had with power heading into the season was if he was going to get the full workload, the full touches um, in this Dallas backfield with him being, you know, a little bit undersized, never seen a full workload before that does not seem to be a concern anymore. He had 32 total touches against the jets, which is a pretty darn good defense. And I think the Cardinals is also a supreme matchup. Saquon Barkley through the ground and through the air, just put up 27 fancy points against this Cardinals defense. If Tony Power is going to continue to see touches at the same rate that he has been against this bad defense, I think Tony's power is an absolute smash play this week. And I think you really got to boost Tony Power going forward. I think he's probably the second or third running back in the league that you would want on your roster right now behind probably only Christian McCaffrey and Bijan Robinson, in my opinion. Now, The second running back on my buy list is Josh Jacobs. Look, it is now or never for Josh Jacobs, in my opinion. He has been just playing bad so far. In fact, his fantasy performances really have been saved by the receiving game, which is not something he's particularly known for. But I think the Pittsburgh matchup is a great one for Jacobs. Pittsburgh has surrendered 150 rushing yards to running backs in both games so far this season. Jerome Ford as a backup, ran for over 100 yards against them last week. Christian McCaffrey almost got to 200 in week one. And Jacobs, I think the usage has been there, like the snap percentage has been there. He's playing almost every snap for this Raiders offense. You know, he's still touched the ball over 30 times in two games. I just think that he's gone up against two good defenses, and I'm willing to buy the dip in his salary on DFS formats, and I'm willing to still stick by him in season-long fancy. I think that this week is a good get-back week for him with um, his usage still being there and the very lucrative matchup against Pittsburgh. Now, the last two that are going to be on my buy list are two guys that like you really got to like have on your roster and start right now. Like if you have, if you haven't not started him, I don't know what you're doing. And it's Zach Moss and Kyron Williams. So Zach Moss played every snap but one for this Indianapolis Colts offense in week two. That is like incredible usage. That's like. Christian McCaffrey 2019 Carolina Panthers type usage like it's just incredible and so if he's going to continue to be out there for every snap and I don't see why not given that Evan Hull is hurt Jonathan Taylor is still doing whatever the heck he's doing uh, I just see Zach Moss just being the guy in this Indianapolis backfield and if he's going to continue to be the guy I don't care what the matchup is I'm going to continue rolling him out there until DraftKings increases his salary in DFS and in the lineups that I was able to get him from the waiver wire in my season-long fantasy leagues he's in my starting lineup. Kyron Williams. Williams is another one that is, you know, similar logic. He played all but three snaps for this Rams offense in week two, with Cam Akers now gone. I think that he's pretty much just a lock to you know continue being in that role. And he was also utilized pretty heavily in the passing game last week against San Francisco. He was targeted 10 total times and caught six balls. So I think that Kyron Williams usage is just incredible right now. Do I think that these two guys are necessarily going to continue with this usage throughout the entire season? Probably not. I think eventually it's going to dry up, especially with Kyron Williams with you know Sean McVay playing running back roulette seemingly every three weeks, but I'm going to continue to ride these two guys until their usage changes, and I don't see a reason why not to until they give me a sign not to. Now, if you are desperate in season-long leagues, Green Bay has been pretty darn bad against running backs so far this season, so a sneaky, sneaky play would be Kendra Miller of the New Orleans Saints. Um, Basically, Kendra Miller is a rookie out of TCU who is probably going to be the lead dog in the backfield this week because Jamal Williams is likely to miss the game. Kendra Miller was a really solid player coming out of TCU. I thought he was really good and I thought it was a bad landing spot for the Saints given that they already had Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. But this week there is no Kamara and Jamal Williams so it should be a really good week for Kendra Miller again on the contingency that Jamal Williams does end up sitting. Now, for the sell list, I've got a few this week that are on my sell list. The first one is going to be Jameer Gibbs. Look, if you drafted Jameer Gibbs to be a top 10 running back in your season-long fantasy weeks, don't give up yet, but it's not looking super great. He hasn't seen more than seven attempts in a game so far. Yes, he is explosive. Yes, he is used in the passing game, but if you're only going to see seven rushing attempts, that's not exactly a formula for success in fantasy football. Also, this Atlanta Falcons offense, they really dominate time of possession. They're going to make this into a slow, sloggy game, which most Detroit Lions games don't end up being that. And so I don't necessarily think the matchup is great as well. And I know everybody's thinking, oh, David Montgomery's out. It's going to be Jameer Gibbs' cap time. Go ahead and lock in Jameer Gibbs. Well, I don't know about that because Craig Reynolds was still used more than Jameer Gibbs last week after David Montgomery went down. I just don't think this team wants to use Jameer Gibbs in a full-time role at this point in his career. I don't think they want to kind of add extra mileage to his tires that they don't need to. And so I just think that the time is not yet for Jameer Gibbs to be the guy. When his usage changes, then I will feel confident playing Jameer Gibbs in all formats brian robinson jr is the next guy on my buy list look he's been outstanding so far this season like he has totally taken a hold of this washington backfield which i did not see coming i would have wagered it would have been antonio gibson but he can't stop fumbling the football Uh, and so brian robinson jr has really taken advantage putting up at least 13 fancy points in both games averaging over 20 fancy points in two weeks but look look at what those two games have been a win against the very bad Arizona Cardinals team, a win against a Denver Broncos team that's really struggling defensively right now. And Brian Robinson Jr., in his career, he's been much better in wins and when his team is favored. Well, guess what? Washington's eight-point dogs this week against Buffalo. Do you think the Washington's going to beat Buffalo? I do not. Brian Robinson Jr. only averages eight fantasy points per game in his career as an underdog. He's pretty much just a guy that is used to ground, like grind out clock and you know time of possession and just be a bell cow. But that's really hard to do when you're trailing in games, and you know he's not that much of a passing threat. So for that reason, Brian Robinson Jr. is going to find his way onto my sell list for this week. Now the next one, this one's going to be kind of unpopular because he was the darling waiver wire pickup this week. And if you got him, I think it's great news for the rest of your season, but it's not good news this week. It is Jerome Ford. So Jerome Ford is going to be taking over as the lead dog in the Cleveland backfield. Yes, they signed Kareem Hunt, but pretty much they had the option to sign Kareem Hunt all offseason, and they chose Jerome Ford over Kareem Hunt all offseason. So I don't see why they would all of a sudden choose Kareem Hunt over Jerome Ford now. That's not the part that ends up with him on my sell list. It's the matchup against the Tennessee Titans. Do Y'all remember last week when Austin Eckler was out and Josh Kelly was the waiver wire darling? Well, how'd that end up working out? 3.9 fantasy points. This Tennessee Titans run defense is really stout, really good, and I'm just going to kind of avoid playing guys that are running against them if at all possible, and that includes Jerome Ford. If you have him on your team in season-long fantasy, that's really great for the rest of the season, but I don't think it's great this week against the Titans rush defense that has not allowed a running back to rush for over 50 yards so far this season. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about some wide receivers. Alright, now let's go ahead and break down this wide receiver position. So first off, if you are playing DFS, if you're playing DraftKings and FanDuel, make sure you're stacking your wide receivers with those quarterbacks that you're playing. Like I said at the very top, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert and Kirk Cousins this week, so I think all Vikings and Chargers wide receivers are in play. Just know that if you are playing them in DFS, they're going to be very popular, so you're probably going to be, want to look for ways to be different, ways to be unique with the rest of your lineup, as opposed to just jamming as many Chargers and Vikings wide receivers in your lineup as possible. But I do like all of them this week, and that is worth noting. Now, as for the other wide receivers, if he does end up playing, I think this could be Jalen Waddle week. So, Jalen Waddle has had a quiet, decent season so far. He's been in double digit fantasy points in both games, he has seen over 75 receiving yards in both games and he's averaging over 20 yards of reception so far the downside is is he hasn't scored a touchdown yet he also hasn't had a game yet where he has outshined Tyreek Hill where this could be the week against the Denver Broncos receiver ones tend to not play all that well because they get shadowed by Pat Sertan the second well guess who is likely to see the shadow of Pat Sertan this week Tyreek Hill. So I think this could be a big week for Jalen Waddle. I think he is a very interesting pivot play in DFS, and I would not be overcomplicating it in season-long fantasy start him no matter what if he is active. Now, also, for the buy list, I'm going to keep riding the Puka Nakua train. Now, fun fact, did y'all know that the name Puka is a nickname that his family gave him that actually means chubby in Samoan? So like literally his name is like chubby Nakua. (laughs) Anyway, he has been just the best wide receiver in fantasy, not named Tyreek Hill so far. He leads the NFL in targets. He leads the NFL in target share. He is essentially Mormon Cooper Cup. Well, I say Mormon, I don't know if he is Mormon, but he did go to BYU. So that is what leads me to make that assumption. That was a little reckless of me to say that he is Mormon Cooper Cup. Anyway, he is basically Cooper Cup wearing number 17, not number 10. That's better. Now, if he continues to see this workload, he continue to start him in season long leagues, continue to roll him out in DFS until his price gets all the way hiked up. He's sitting at only sixty one hundred dollars on DraftKings for Sunday to Monday contests, which is like in the twenties for wide receivers, and I would have him like borderline top five at the wide receiver position for this week. In this Bengals offense, they haven't gotten going yet, but they are the type of team that could push this game into being a little bit of a shootout, which we haven't really seen so far. And if this game gets going back and forth into a shootout, you could see Puka Nakua end up upwards of 20 targets in, in the game and I just think he's an absolute smash play in all formats until Cooper Cup comes back because right now he is playing in that Cooper Cup role he is essentially you know just the fantasy like perfect role until two Cooper Cup returns now if you oh no, no I'm sorry not if you are desperate there are two guys that I think you can play if you're not desperate and that is Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. He has been quietly very good so far, averaging over 20 fantasy points per game, averaging 10 targets per game. And if he's going to continue to see 10 targets per game, this Houston offense is going to continue to throw it 40 times a game. Nico Collins is going to continue to be fantasy viable, like especially against this Jaguars defense that has been pretty porous so far. And I also think is an interesting DFS bargain play. You can play his teammate Tank Dell, who saw 10 targets out of the slot last week, and we saw Jacksonville, be pretty vulnerable to the slot in week two, with Sky Moore catching a touchdown and having another long catch for the Kansas City Chiefs. So if these two guys are going to continue to be like the backbone of the Houston passing attack, I'm going to continue to roll them out in all formats. Now, if you are desperate, there is a guy that I think you can go to, and that is Rashid Shaheed of the New Orleans Saints. Look, Rashid Shaheed is quietly got some really good numbers to back him up. He's averaging over 15 yards per reception. He ranks seventh in the league in yards per route run. So while he is not a full-time player, while he does not have this monster target share, when he's out there, they throw him the ball and they throw him the ball deep. And so if you're gonna be playing a guy like that, he's very cheap in DFS. He's probably on the waivers in your season-long fantasy leagues. All it would take would be one deep touchdown for Rashid Aheed to absolutely pay off his projection and give you a really good performance. Now, the last if-you're-desperate guy, and to me this team perfectly sums up desperation, it's unfortunately my team, the Carolina Panthers. Look, if you watched them in week two, they have no dynamic playmakers. They have like nobody who really gets open. They, their offense is just in a box. It's bad. But one thing that they did do last week is they threw it to the one guy who was open, Adam Thielen. However, he was only open like five yards at a time. So Adam Thielen saw nine targets last week, caught seven of them for 54 yards and a touchdown. If he's going to continue to be like a massive target share guy in this Carolina Panthers attack, then I think he's going to be playable. Also with Seattle, with them being elite on the outside at corner, I think the slot is a place that you can attack them. And Andy Dalton is a little bit of a check down guy, a guy who does not like to throw the ball very deep. So I do think that this is setting up well for Adam Thielen if Bryce Young or Andy Dalton ends up starting for the Carolina Panthers this week. Currently Bryce Young is listed as doubtful. All right, now let's go ahead and talk about some tight ends for the week. So the tight end position not gonna lie y'all it's been pretty bad to this point for you know in the fantasy football season TJ Hawkinson is tight end one which is you know not super unexpected out of a guy who was really good last year when he was traded to the Minnesota Vikings um, but the guy who's currently tight end two overall is a guy that's on my buy list this week and that is Hunter Henry look he's got at least five catches and a touchdown in both games so far he's seen 13 total targets to this point in the season and I think that the tight end position is a place where you can attack the Jets defense kind of like with what i I just said about seattle the jets are elite on the outside at corner with sauce gardner so you can attack them in the interior of the defense with the tight end like hunter henry and like the dallas cowboys did last week with jake ferguson scoring a touchdown so if henry ends up in the end zone again he's going to give you another solid fancy performance and, and i think he's a guy that needs to be added in all season long fancy leagues and he probably needs to be started if you were somebody who waited on the tight end position because a lot of the guys that you might have waited on are looking pretty bad so far this season Jake Ferguson is another guy that is on the buy list for me this week. And he's an answer to a trivia question right now. Who leads the NFL in red zone targets after two weeks? It is Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. I would not have thought that either personally, but if he's going to continue to get looks in the red zone, then continue to roll them out. And I think with the Arizona Cardinals, Dallas is going to be in the red zone quite a bit with how bad the Cardinals are. Like they're actively trying to lose football games. So with this role, Against this defense, I think Jake Ferguson's an absolute smash play, and I think he needs to be started in season-long leagues this week. I think he's a top 10 option at tight end this week, and I think he's a very cheap option in DFS formats. Now, if you are desperate, what if I told you that you could get a guy at the tight end position who is going to get probably 8 to 10 carries, some of which are going to be in the red zone, and might function as his team's backup running back, and he's probably on the waiver wire in your season-long league, he's probably... A very cheap option in DFS, well, he is a very cheap option in DFS, it's Taysom Hill. Now, as much as as a Panthers fan, I can't stand Taysom Hill and how every time they play the Panthers, how the announcers just like absolutely hype up Taysom Hill like he's the second coming of Emmitt Smith, Patrick Mahomes, and Mike Ditka, which he's not. But basically, Taysom Hill is a guy that the usage is going to be really good for this week. With the Patriots – or I'm sorry, not the Patriots. With the Saints being down two running backs, Jamal Williams and Alma Kamara, there's a possibility that Taysom Hill sees carries as a backup running back. He did last week in relief of Tony Jones Jr., but the Saints did not have Kendra Miller active for that game. They also run Wildcat with Taysom Hill quite often in the red zone. And so I think you got a guy in Taysom Hill that – the upside is going to be there because he's going to have opportunities to score touchdowns. If you're in a situation where you're super desperate at tight ends, then you can roll him out in season-long leagues. And I think he is worth a flyer at a very cheap salary in DFS formats because I'd be willing to pay $3,300 for the Saints pretty much second carry leader, if I'm being an, like totally honest. And so I think that's a pretty affordable price for him in DFS. I'm willing to roll him out in all formats. Now, the tight end who is on my sell list this week, look, y'all, it's hard to sell a tight end this week because the position in general has just been so bad. Like, it's been quite brutal. But a guy that I am selling this week is going to be Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, Deontay Johnson is currently out for the Steelers. That should create a target funnel where you're going to see more targets for George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth, right? wrong. Last week against the Browns, Pat Fryermuth only saw one target, which he caught for two yards, which is just not going to cut it in fantasy. In fact, he's got five targets total this season, and there's about 30 tight ends that have hit that total so far. So I'm just out on Pat Fryermuth. I would be trying to avoid starting him, if at all possible, in my season-long fantasy leagues, and I will not be rolling him out in DFS this week because just he's not a part of this offense right now, and I, that's quite alarming for a guy that was a, like integral part of it last season. All right, now lastly, we are on to the defenses this week. And look, we're at the point of the season where we're starting to see some obvious plays from the defenses like you want to play a defense that's going up against the Cardinals. You want to play defense going up against the bears, the Panthers, I think are another good defense, to target. And so looking at the board this week, I think the Cowboys are obviously the top ranked defense against the Cardinals. The chiefs are a very solid option against Chicago, especially now that they have Chris Jones back. I think other sleeper defenses though, that you could target that might be available on the waiver wire or might be streamable are the Patriots who have owned Zach Wilson to this point in his career. There is also um, the Seattle Seahawks, which pains me to say as a Carolina Panthers fan, but you know, you're getting a Panthers offense that is not great, and they might have a backup quarterback playing for them in and Andy Dalton. And even though this Seahawks defense hasn't been super great so far this season, they are absolutely an option. And another one that I think would be playable would be the, I gotta find them here on the list. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Look, with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and all these guys rushing the passer and you know creating like opportunities for the defense, I think it's a great situation to play the Pittsburgh Steelers in fantasy going up against a Las Vegas Raiders team that has not looked great on offense so far this year. Now in terms of the sell list, like it's kind of the inverse. Like we know some defenses now that or we know some offenses now that we don't want to play our defenses going against, like the Kansas City Chiefs, like the Baltimore Ravens, like the Miami Dolphins. So just avoid the like the good offenses. I think another one that's going to be sneaky. To avoid is I don't really want to play defense going up against the Falcons. So the Lions are going to be on my sell list this week. Look, this Falcons team, they run the ball so much and can control the clock so much that there's just not a whole lot of opportunity for your defense to score a lot of fancy points. There's not going to be a whole lot of opportunities for sacks or interceptions or anything like that. And the Lions haven't created a whole lot of that to begin with. If not for the one very lucky pick, six against um, the Chiefs, they would not have any turnovers so far this year, and they only have one sack so far this year. So I'm kind of out on the Lions defense going up against a Falcons offense that is not going to give them a whole lot of opportunities to score. All right, now that does it for this episode, y'all. If you want to know specifically who I am playing in DFS, or if you want to know specifically, hey, should I start this guy? sit this guy, whatever, what should I do in season long leagues? You can find me in more places than just this episode. You can reach out to me on X at Mike's money picks. You can talk about it in the fancy corner discord link is in the description. And also I've got my full articles for every DFS late on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's money picks. All right. That does it for this episode, y'all. Hopefully I've given you guys some information that can help you either win your season-long matchup, win some money in DFS, or win some money on the player props market here in week three of the NFL season. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.